Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I'm John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. We're going to get into the nitty gritty and examine the good, the bad, the ugly, and the laughable in these movies. But we're always coming from a place of love. You don't watch these movies as much as we have unless you have a genuine affection for them. Kevin. <laughs> hey, John. We meet again. Yes, indeed. We're 90% more sober than oh we were the God. last time Holy you heard shit. from us. Yeah, I, I went back and listened to that episode. I was like, oh, that's so cringeworthy, <laughs> man. I was like, that is not my finest hour at uh, all. I love it. But we're back <laughs> on our bourbon shit. Yeah, we're uh, fucked up now. <laughs> what We had a taste of smoke wagon, small Ooh. batch, Ooh. which is exactly what I'm looking for in a mm-hmm. bourbon. Mm-hmm. Now we've moved on to a Christmas gift I received from John here. You're welcome. From ha- Matchbook Distilling. Yeah, Matchbook Distilling in Greenport, New York. It's called Meta Modernity. It's like a four grain. It's heavy on oats. Yeah, it's a really wild match, uh, match, mash bill uh, than a typical bourbon or a high wheat or yeah. rye bourbon. It's got oat and barley, and you can taste it. Yeah. If you've ever spent time in a stable, it sort of smells like when you are feeding a horse, but in a good way. It's yeah, like it's, a just, sweet, it's very sweet different. barn smell. It's different, which is refreshing in its own way. Yeah. Um, but we're here to talk about an action movie from the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we do. That's why we're That's here. That's why we're here. It's our first ever foray into Steven Seagal's catalog. His, his output. Ugh. His oeuvre. He's an... Uh, Fairly questionable human being, it seems like. Yeah, I wrote some stuff. We'll we'll get into his bio in a, in a second, but it's like you were you said it perfectly that he's got this weird like Frank Dukes. No, it's Dukes. Frank <laughs> Dukes mystique about him. Oh, like put up your Dukes. And um, no, I can't quite figure out how or why someone like him became famous. Yeah, I don't get it. We're talking about his most famous movie, his yeah. biggest hit. Yeah, I guess Under Siege. Which was Die Hard on a Boat. Die Hard on a Boat. It was one of the many Die Hard, uh, you know, spinoff movies. We'd already did Passenger 57. Right. Die Hard on a Plane. Um, yeah. This is Die Hard on a Battleship. And I read that this was original, like the original idea was supposed to have been like Die Hard in a Casino. Oh, for, for this particular, yeah, like, Under like, Siege? Uh, like one of the people that wrote it or maybe the original, one of the oh. things that was originally pitched was. Like a massive it, heist? It takes place in a casino. And there's a guy undercover there and like... I'd be into that. Yeah. That's, but it, that but it, never, saw, it never saw the light of day. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. I also read where they were, they were far along on the process for <laughs> making... Too far along. <laughs> for making Die Hard 3, which is going to be Die Hard John McClane on a cruise ship. Oh. And then this movie came out and... They're like, and never they mind. were like, well, let's go back to the drawing board. Just thank God, because Die Hard on a cruise ship sounds bad. I mean, that was Speed 2. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, the same premise. I, it made me wonder if that 
script ultimately became Speed 2. Right. Cruise Control. <laughs> Which is weird. Oh, yeah, they were on a cruise. Fuck. I only yeah. just got that. Oh, wow. I thought it was like you put your car in cruise control. You're so drunk. You're <laughs> so drunk. Um, I'm really not. Not so, yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> the day is don't, young. Don't, the day is young. Don't worry. So, yeah, this movie is directed by Andrew Davis. Yeah. Of Fugitive fame. Yes. Did you ever see Holes? He directed Holes. No, I never watched Holes. So, I think it was like the generation or like people that were a few years younger than mm-hmm. you and I were saw holes and like raved about it. I think Shia Oh, it was it supposed to be good? Yeah, I think it was supposed to be pretty damn good. And then the guard, more recently, The Guardian, that Kevin Costner and Ashton Kutcher uh, Coast Guard movie. I'm trying to think if I watched that. I don't think I did, but I, I know of it, yeah. My uncle said it was good, which means it's, <laughs> probably, it's probably fine. <laughs> uh, but he, before this, he was doing like a bunch of B action movies and horror flicks. Mm-hmm. He directed Seagal in Above the Law before this. He did a thriller called The Package, which I watched with Gene Hackman and Tommy Lee Jones, which I was just like, I got to watch this. Yeah, that sounds like it'd be really, it, really good. It was mediocre-ish. Oh, that's a shame. But the success of this, yeah, catapulted him into the next movie, The Fugitive, which was a fucking all-timer, yeah. like, great movie. Yeah. His Oscar win, right? Supporting actor, best supporting actor? Yeah, for Tommy Lee yeah. Jones. Yeah, absolutely. A great fucking movie. Love The Fugitive. Um, written by J.F. Lawton, who wrote Pretty Woman. Yeah. And he wrote <laughs> Blank Man. Which I never watched. Oh, with Damon the, Wayans? The, the the Damon Wayans, like... He's a superhero. Sort of superhero spoof movie. Yeah. But I don't think a, I ever saw it. I remember the previews and my parents being like, you can't see that. That's and I was an, like, racist. That's an odd <laughs> range of movies, though, to have written. Yeah. I thought for sure this dude Lawton, like, was former Navy or something, because this movie, like, has a lot of authenticity to yeah, it. totally. He must have had somebody chirping in his ear like a good technical advisor you know yeah i yeah i agree with that i having watched at least part of the movie now being like you know they're it seems legit all the lingo is like spot on mm-hmm. i feel like and like the logistics of it are very sound produced by arnon milchin mm-hmm. like fucking legendary dude his his list of credits is too long to mention but I, some of my favorites that he had done were he did king of comedy ma Ma, I gotta do this now. Oh man, I've been on a Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin rabbit hole really for the past week and a half now. Okay, just fascinated by the story of that of that duo. Did they like each other? They were they were like, I'm not unconvinced that there wasn't a like a homoerotic relationship, like that they were like a <laughs> yeah. like a, a thing there, like which it's. Because when you, it's like these two guys loved each other and then they just, for whatever reason, they just fell apart. They were together for 10 years. It's like on top of the world. And then they they disbanded for whatever reason. Hmm. No one, it's not documented. And then like, it's tragic because they were fucking brilliant. Jerry Lewis is a madman. I don't know him really from much other than King of Comedy. Yeah. You should go back and watch some YouTube videos of their, like he was Jim Carrey before Jim Carrey. That type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this dude Milton, he also produced Heat. Okay. Produced LA uh, Confidential. Produced Birdman and the Revenant. Good stuff. Like this dude's been around forever. Produced Widows, which I love. Oh, I don't shit. know if you saw yeah. that movie. Um and he did this year, or well last year now, he did that movie Barbarian, the like the 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 surprise oh, sort yeah, of success yeah, yeah. horror movie. Yeah. Which is worth checking out. Also produced by a dude named Steven Ruther. Or Reuter. Reuter. Who had produced a few good things, uh, Striking Distance, which I love, a Bruce mm-hmm. Willis movie, Ghost in the Darkness. Oh, yeah, 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 with Val. Yeah, and produced Face Off. 
<laughs> Which we Clap. will have to do that. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a that movie. movie. Insane. If you want to see Travolta and Cage just both cranked to eleven, <laughs> just gnawing on everything, <laughs> gnawing on each other, and produced by Steven Seagal. Apparently, he had a yeah, yeah. See, anyway. he'd been he'd been stringing together successes at a rate to where by this point he was like, yeah, I can throw some money at myself. Give me a, yeah, give me a yeah, credit. Let me, let me do it. I'll throw let some money at myself. Let me get a producer credit. Is I that wanna, even a good impression? I don't know. He, he sort, just whispers. He sort of everything. sounds like sort of like a Brando thing going on. Like, I don't even know. It's like, where's he from? No one knows. No one knows where he's Is he from. from? I, feel like I would have thought he was from California. Chicago, Wait, but I don't think on. he is from Chicago. I've got the IMDb pulled up right now. Uh, Steven Seagal. Where are you from? Where were you born? Parts unknown. Oh, Lansing, Michigan. <laughs> the Midwest zone. Lansing, Michigan. Born to parents Patricia Ann and Samuel. A high school math teacher his dad was. Paternal grandparents were Russian Jewish immigrants. His his story is questionable. His, we'll get to the that. The enigmatic Seagal is what this bill is about. I he wrote it, it himself. Yeah, no he wrote doubt. his IMDb bio himself. <laughs> Um, music by a dude named Gary Chang. Did you check him out? I did. So, and it, it has prompted me to suggest here live on the air that we need to do a six degrees of the Island of Dr. Moreau <laughs> spinoff series because holy fuck, everyone yeah. who was anyone at the time, uh, was doing something with Island of Dr. Moreau. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, he also did the soundtrack for uh, the score for the Andersonville miniseries. Did you okay. ever watch that on TNT? Oh, yeah, I think I it was. That, I'm sure it day. was awesome. Um, Georgia's own like yeah, civil filmed, war prison. Yeah. And then he, he also did Tango and Cash. I saw that he was uncredited as Tango on Tango and Cash, which I vaguely remember that from our Tango and Cash was that series. The, was that it was one of the ones with like the Altermeyer wrote the themes, but I think he pieced out and like let someone else just come in and, Utilize those themes to write other filler music. Was, it, was that was one of the ones that had like the weird electronic harmonica thing happening? Oh man! So yeah, Gary Chang did a fine job. On this. I I don't know how he's not the same composer that did the music for The Fugitive because the music for The Fugitive I feel like is like the same as the music in well, this also, movie. B- but the music in The Fugitive I think was like an actual orchestra, whereas Probably. so much of this shit was like synth. So some of it really and obvious and bad. Like the the main theme that's sort of like that military theme that that kind of sounds like the rock, the military music mm-hmm. in the rock. Um, but it's all synthesized trumpet and shit. And I'm like, oh, it's bad. It's yeah, like, but it's bad. I mean, synthesized you can't call him that he would, they probably came to him and he's like, can we hire an orchestra? And they said, fuck no, no, hell no. <laughs> you need to do this on a shoestring, my friend. But I feel like for sure this, the director Davis must've gone to the next guy and said, give me some music that sounds like under siege. Yeah, That's totally. what I like. Yeah. Um, so our cast, Steven Seagal in the lead. <laughs> you want to talk about dudes though, who struggle to behave like a normal human. I feel like that's Seagal yeah. as well. He goes cut from the, the Stallone cloth. Yeah, so like born in 1952, began martial arts training allegedly at age seven, I guess in karate, but then in the 60s trained in Aikido. So like at yeah. what, 10, 12 years old? Then he'd moved to Japan somehow before 1974 okay. where he earned his first Don accreditation. If you believe him. Yeah, and then... He moved back to America and was living in L.A. and allegedly teaching martial arts to wealthy clientele. 
and that's how he was discovered by um uh he was Michael Ovitz, founder of some big one of the big agencies in Hollywood. Okay. AAC or ACC, I can't remember which, Said which you one should it be in movies. Yeah, I think it was like some one of those Van Damme things where the dude like Menachem Solomon Adele and was like, Yes, <laughs> doing spin kicks behind the counter. <laughs> that this cutting, dude, the, cutting the roast beef and, <laughs> and, and flying with around a butter knife. And so yeah, <laughs> this dude Michael Ovitz saw Steven Seagal and was like, This this is the second coming of Eastwood. I think is probably what he thought um but this dude like seagal is an inexplicable star somehow yes. like made his way into international success somehow pulled kelly lebrock fooled that beautiful woman into marrying him and having yeah. children um because he's he, my checklist for him was terrible actor yeah check no charisma none unremarkable i would say he's got like 10 to 20 percent charisma okay He's unremarkable looking. Yeah, he's not a handsome man. He's not a, like a physical specimen, like a Stallone or a or a Schwarzenegger. He's maybe good at martial arts. Maybe I think that's debatable. I think people have questioned whether he's actually any good at this shit or not. I think that he's he might be good in the one like judo, the things that are more defensive techniques, which Aikido is. Yeah. Instead of the ones that are like kung fu or karate where they're like, you know, where you can be on an attack. He's certainly not flashy like no. with it. But I feel like I've also just heard stuntmen and other people around him being like he's he can make it look cool when the other person's playing along, but if they're actually a fight happening, like he's he'd get beat up. Right. He he probably went and took a course in like teaching basic defensive techniques. Yeah, for like a security guard. It's like that, like, like self rape, defense. Rape like defense if he comes things. at you, you just take his wrist and you twist it like this, yeah. and then. So my favorite thing from his IMDb bio that he probably wrote was <laughs> Seagal's on-screen characters were often seemingly benign or timid individuals. However, when the going gets rough which is not the phrase. They reveal themselves to be deadly ex-CIA operatives or retired special forces soldiers capable of enormous destruction with an exclamation mark. <laughs> yeah, either he himself or an agent definitely wrote that. Anyway, he, he now has become a Putin fan and thinks that invading Ukraine is very reasonable. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't read that. But yeah, yeah. by all accounts, he's just also a tremendous piece of shit as a human. Well, I mean, he likes Putin. He has traveled to Russia on numerous occasions to meet with Putin. There's no reason he should not be a nice down-to-earth guy, but apparently he never was. Like, even right. when he was new on the scene, he was a prick. Well, then apparently everything after this, like in his movies, he apparently, like, what I read was that he has some very liberal, left-leaning ideas about protecting the earth, women's rights, all these okay. other things, and, and that he started to... um insist that those things be included in the plots of his movies okay. which is why he fell off because the studios were like well we don't want to make a movie about you you know saving the whales i remember he had that one about the oil drilling or some yeah. shit i can't and remember like he cares about the environment he cares about you know ecosystems and things like that the natural order but he also loves putin and thinks that invading ukraine's just fine he's a he's a he's a enigma yeah, wrapped in an enigma <laughs> wrapped in a wrapped in a Twinkie, <laughs> but but somehow he was briefly a huge star. Yeah, proving that the world is a weird place. <laughs> he had a string of of successful super low budget action mm -hmm. movies that like led up to this one. This was his big first big hit, and then he had like three or four big A list movies after this, 
And then he dropped off just as fast and went back to shitty movies. Yeah, seeing this makes me want to, like, we need to give the treatment to some of his earlier stuff that started to, like, catapult him to fame because they were, like, wildly well-received. There was one called, that's on my uh, Blu-ray box set that's over here called Hard to Kill, which would that's be where amazing he met Kelly for us. LeBrock. Oh, was she the, yeah, she was she the woman interest, in that? I guess. Okay, I gotta check that out. It was so bizarrely strange and weird and not good at all, <laughs> but it would be great for us. I Perfect. Think. But I think Perfect. the one he did with this uh, director, Andrew Davis was supposed to be good. I mm-hmm. didn't see that one. Um, I've also got executive decision over here, which I need to rewatch. I feel like every movie though should have Seagal dying in the first act. It would be yeah, like a be great. Good, Perfect. Great. Like flying out of a plane. And the rest of the cast in this movie is great. It's, yeah, it's awesome. It's a like a great list of heavy hitter dudes, like tough guys. You can hardly believe we're all in the same movie together. Yes, I love it. I love when they're on screen together. Yeah. Tell us about it. So we got Tommy Lee Jones as the unlikely named William Stranix. I love that. Never uh, in the history of history has anyone <laughs> been named Stranix. Stranix Mr. Stranix? And John Matrix. That's, that's not a buddies. name. No one's name is Stranix. <laughs> anyway, he's but a Oscar fucking, winner. fucking stud legend. Yeah. I feel uh, like before this movie, he was doing a bunch of B movies and stuff. And then I feel like this and The Fugitive like blew him by up By this to time, he had already movies. done, by this time, hadn't he already done Lonesome Dove? The Lonesome Dove uh, miniseries with Robert Duvall? Was he in Coal Miner's Daughter or am I yes, making that yeah. up? He played, okay. he played uh, Loretta husband okay deadbeat always a great actor always a great actor but very just craggly and weathered looking from he's been 200 birth. years old since he came you out saw of the world. benjamin button yeah. that that's, was tommy, tommy lee jones Except Except he, for, he's he just getting older, older. <laughs> <laughs> he was born old and got older it's like yoda he's always yeah. been old um but one of our great actors yeah like oh, of like, all time i would say like him and gene and gene hackman yes and uh, duvall maybe and Robert Duvall, yes, for sure. Just dudes who have been old forever, and they're amazing. And are now fading away, man. It's like... Yeah, they're all time, like 90 now. Like, Hagman... Hagman, is he alive still? I think so, but he's retired from yeah, acting. He's not acting anymore. Duvall, Same. I just saw in a movie, The Pale Blue Eye on Netflix. The, oh, the... He was the in the it Christian for like Bale thing? two scenes, yeah. How was he? He's old? great. He's always great. He's just always great. I Does he like, seem any older than he always has? Uh... Not noticeably. He's okay. seemed old, though, f- since The Godfather. Days of Thunder. <laughs> yeah. 200 years old in Days of Thunder. <laughs> yes. All these guys are 200 years old, I guess. I don't know. Um, next up, Gary Busey oh, yes. as Angelo Pappas. No, <laughs> as Commander Krill. Commander Krill. <laughs> Why Krill? not name him Plankton? I love it. Private Plankton. Best actor nominated, Gary Busey. Yeah, um, which Commander Krill sounds like a SpongeBob character. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's lazy, lazy writing. No, it opinion. is, but I love it. It um, rolls off the tongue. Yeah, uh, Oscar winner for Buddy Holly. No, Story? sorry, I, I might have misinformed you. Oscar oh, nominated. Oscar only. nominated for, for Buddy best Holly actor Story. nominated. Yeah, uh, and then had a which bad was a great motorcycle movie. crash and like got brain damaged. I think. Uh, but well, he was on a good run of action movies. He was on a tear. Yeah, he was in Lethal Weapon, Point Break, Predator Two, yeah. <laughs> Rookie of the Year. Hell yes, <laughs> and and shit tons of other stuff. Did you see him in Silver Bullet? The like the Corey the werewolf, Haim movie? werewolf movie. Yeah, I love that. Shit. Yeah, the Drunken Uncle. I <laughs> Drunken Uncle sounds like a good name for a restaurant or a pub. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, we should open the Drunken, the drunken Uncle. uncle. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're heading to the Uncle. Yes, sir. <laughs> that would be badass. Write it down. Um, and then we have rounding out the cast um as 
Miss July 1989, mm. um, Erica Alaniak as Jordan Tate. Yes. She was the pretty girl cast as the pretty girl in Elliot's science class in E.T. Yeah, the girl that Elliot kissed in class. She was uh, several seasons of Baywatch. Um, and, and she was Ellie Mae in the Beverly Hillbillies yeah. film adaptation with Jim Varney. I never watched that, but I saw that. I was like, oh, that was like a... a I remember when it came out. I don't know how well it did. I never saw I it. I think it was a commercial success because okay. they were like counting on people to be like, holy shit, this Ernest is, is in Hillbillies. this movie? Absolutely. And it's like, yeah, people went to it. Is Dietrich Bader in that movie? I feel like he is. Yes, he's Jethro. He's Jethro. Yeah. And there we go. 20 minutes in, we've rounded out the backstory of this movie. <laughs> That's does, okay, though. How this does movie, song go? This movie keeps it moving, though. It really does. It, yeah. it cooks from, from start to the first three parts of it that I've watched. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll pick us up. Uh, it was with the Warner Brothers animation that tends to denote quality. That's right. <laughs> it's aerial shots of a naval battleship, the USS Missouri, which was real footage of the real USS Missouri, this stuff. I think it was filmed just prior to the ship being decommissioned, which happened like at the very beginning of production so it was really like grounded in a real life yeah we'll thing talk, that was happening we'll talk in a moment about this like very famous battleship absolutely super famous so in the command center of the ship we hear that they're approaching pearl harbor sailors and officers are bustling around can doing... we call them seamen yes <laughs> <laughs> they're they're <laughs> Absolutely. I insist. <laughs> These dudes, though, they're bustling around. They're doing just generic naval shit. I'm going to flip this switch and keep walking, looking right. at the radar. We're looking at the radar. We're talking on the radio. I was really disappointed that there was never a... You're like, oh, little... <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> Nobody the blew the whistle. Down in the galley, there's Chief Petty Officer Casey Ryback. That's Steven Seagal. He's mm -hmm. walking through. He's out of uniform. There's a dude named Tackman down there, played by... Damien Chapa. That's Ken from Street Fighter, <laughs> that is bitches. The only other thing I've ever personally seen him in. Yeah, same. And I don't know how he got that role as Ken. He was riding high on the on the role of Tackman. Yeah. From Under Siege. Hey, do you know karate or a martial art? Well, no. Doesn't matter. I can tell you, you're not going to hear the name Tackman again, though, because he's either going <laughs> to, I'm going to either call him Ken or he's Damien Chapa. That's fine. Like, yeah, there's, 100%. This movie has got too many names. Yeah. There's, a, there's too many last names mentioned. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. He basically, uh, this Chapa is telling him, hey, we're presenting for the president today. You're supposed to be in your dress whites. Ryback says, the president's not going to miss me. Whatever. Some other officers try to give him a hard time, but he's got wise cracks at the ready. We're supposed to like him. Yeah. He's well respected by by the rank and file. I don't know that he makes one funny joke, though, this whole movie. He, he makes a lot of jokes. But, I don't know that they're but funny. But also, he makes jokes that were like, is what's is that a joke? Was, or were you just doing a, a weird voice? Line? Yeah. Yeah. Where was the rest? There was no setup. He just, <laughs> he he just says, to the and line. then she said, when we guns bang. <laughs> That'll has be for another podcast. That, yeah. old, uh, <laughs> that old story. That old chestnut. So we got some more aerial shots of the Missouri... We get a Cole Meany got a sweet on-screen credit as the dolphins were jumping out of yeah, the water. Yeah, I thought that was cool. They got the ship with the dolphin. Did you get excited when you saw Cole Meany's I name? I was very excited. So we, we should mention, this was a blind taste test for me. I think that at most I saw this like walking through the living room on the way to do something else yeah, like on the TV. I don't know I'd, how you missed this I'd one. I've never seen this movie This was before. ubiquitous. This yeah. was like, because it's legitimately like pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, As no, you, I remember like everyone taught, hey, hey, have you seen Under Siege? Yeah. It's like, I never have, never got around to it. It's like one of the, I just, I never got around to 
seeing the Eiffel Tower while I was in Paris. It even holds up, I feel like. It's like still solid viewing. Yep. So in the captain's quarters, we got Captain Adams. He's speaking on the phone to somebody who is higher up the chain of command. Yeah. He's oddly holding the phone like several inches away from his face, (laughs) which is like, I don't know if that's not to smudge the makeup or if that's how he talks. He just doesn't want to hear their voice in his ear. I also feel like every old school military man in movies has that same fucking voice. Ah, what I where is that? In my notes, they sound like old school movie stars. It's I like, said, well, I wrote that he sounds like Tom Bodet, <laughs> like <laughs> Motel Six. We'll leave the light on for you. Well, well, or wow. or he's uh, Shane from the yeah, Shane I'm Company. Tom Shane. Now you've got a friend in the diamond business. Well, now it's the ju- <laughs> now you've got a friend in the jewelry business. Oh, I haven't heard the reason. <laughs> the Shane Company. Yeah. <laughs> West on Windy Hill. <laughs> Turn, turn right at the big chicken. <laughs> that's for our Atlanta people. I have always, that's right. I, I have always wanted to buy a piece of jewelry from the Shane Company yeah. just to say, just to finally be like, I've done it. Now I've you've got the- a friend in the diamond business. <laughs> I'm Tom Shane. Every year we make a trip to Antwerp. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, <laughs> the the room, the captain's quarters is filled with the ship's commanding officers, including Commander Krill. That's Gary Busey we just mentioned. Who lives at a pineapple under the sea? <laughs> yes, he is the ship's XO. That means executive officer right. and second in command. Busey looked pretty sharp in the in the dress uniform. Yeah. I thought, like, I'm like, oh damn, this he was felt. This is not Pappas Busey. No. This is like felt <laughs> Busey. So the captain, he hangs up the phone. He laments that the ceremony is turning into a zoo. Mm-hmm. There's a knock at the door. Someone announces that Chief Ryback is here to see the captain. So Ryback walks on in. Krill and Ryback are immediately exchanging hostile yeah, like, looks. Like, Whoa, okay, easy. Instant animosity. So obviously Krill is going to be in some way a bad guy or, a, right. or an antagonist. Like before that, it's like, I don't know, this guy might be on Who the knows? up and up. Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's the EXO. Yeah. But the captain says he wants Ryback in his dress uniform for the ceremony. Ryback protests. Sir, you know how I feel about ceremonies. (sighs) The chief is like, if I had your ribbons, I'd wear them to bed. The captain interrupts. So Ryback is obviously some sort of a hot shot. Right. Right. How that's not being said directly in in the room. It's being said directly in front of Krill. Right. Okay. Remember that. Yeah. The chief tells him he's just a cook. Plain and simple. Go get in your whites. I'll see if I can introduce you to the president. Again, uh, obviously there's something special going on with this yeah, guy. He wants right. to get him a, a personal meet and greet with right, the president. Like, I have too much to do. Sir, I've got, I got a booyah base. <laughs> Krill doesn't like that idea and just says so. Yeah, he's like, um, sir, sir, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. The fuck? You're questioning the captain Excuse in front me, of sir? everyone? But Ryback says, well, for once... Uh, himself and Krill are in agreement. Krill's eavesdropping like a motherfucker on that conversation, but also he's openly second-guessing your commanding officers, like not a thing that is done. Nope. I don't think. So, Ryback says, I got a lot of prep to do ahead of the captain's birthday the next day. Ahead the captain's like, my birthday? My birthday? (laughs) (laughs) He'd forgotten. He's got 50 50 gallons of bouillabaisse he (laughs) needs to make. I suppose I could do the cheeseburger routine. The fuck? I don't know. But the captain quickly shoots that down. He's like, no, no, it's not for me. The crew, they love that stuff. We want the booyah we base, baby. Booyah we want base. the seafood, you they son of a bitch. They go nuts for it. There's no ship full of enlisted men anywhere in the world that 
would prefer bouillabaisse to a cheeseburger. I don't know if it's That's good bouillabaisse. I, I mean, yeah, but these guys aren't elevated. This is not Top Chef. That's Maybe true. he does make a good bouillabaisse, but I just feel like if you're talking about like you know Joe Cheeseburger or whatever, Joe. Yeah, but also Joe we don't Budweiser. know. We, we don't know how long. <laughs> we don't know how long these guys have been on the ship and getting used to Ryback's food. <laughs> like that is Ryback, Ryback supposed to be like Cajun or something? Creole? Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. that would make sense. I don't know. At any rate, the captain reluctantly agrees. Tells him, "All right, we'll keep out of sight until after the ceremony." That's it's weird. He's like, uh, he just moments ago was like, "I want you to meet the president." Now he's like, "Don't show your face." <laughs> Don't be seen. It's it's weird. <laughs> so the captain lovingly tells Ryback that you're a sorry looking sailor. He's like, "Well, that I am, sir. That I, nah, that I am, sir." Ryback leaves. Again, exchanging evil eyes with Krill. Everyone simmer down now. Does that work for you? Just that these two dudes just don't like each other. No explanation needed. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Okay. I wasn't sure how that works. Yeah. Uh, to a to a first time adult viewer. But like watching it at immediate like this movie gives a lot of weight, in my opinion. Yeah. Just that they don't they're no they don't su- make they're Krill not out lot, to be like a they're not a lot of surprises. A superior soldier or anything no. like that. There's no conflict. I will say it's yeah. just like it's oh, yeah. very he's black a bad and white. guy. Yeah. We've known that from the first time that he. But that's the thing when I the first saw him, I was like, "Oh, is Gary Busey a good guy or a bad guy?" And then I was like, "Oh no!" Immediately, like as soon as the main character walks in, I was like, "Oh, he's a piece of shit bad guy," or he's gonna be like he's gonna be your antagonist, anti-hero, yeah. guy. You know, like your straight shooter, like by the numbers guy. He's gonna be John uh, McGinley in um, in Point Break. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's either going to be your antagonistic superior or a straight up bad guy. Yeah. Pencil pusher. <laughs> You've been pushing too many pencils. <laughs> I just love that. A pencil yeah. pusher. Look at that arm. No, he hasn't just been pushing, been pushing too many pencils. <laughs> just make it easy on yourself. Dutch. <laughs> Give it up. Carl Weathers. Yeah. I love Predator. Yeah, anyway. Okay. Fox. So. Commander Krill tells the captain, I don't understand. His <laughs> name is so stupid. I'm I don't sorry. understand why you tolerate that clown. I don't understand why you tolerate that clown. Again, questioning your commanding officer's wisdom. In front I know of you everyone. think he's a good cook. He's more than a good cook. You have no idea. No, just let him be. Egg, he calls him. Now let him be. Now let him be, Axo. Like, we'll leave no, the light on for you. <laughs> no one has ever said, no one's ever called someone Xo. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Wouldn't they just say, not. like, his rank, Commander yeah. Krill, or just call him? I don't him know. Say, I'm trying to think about the only other movie where XO was a big deal was on uh, Crimson Tide. There are a lot a lot of things in this movie that I second guess, but then after a little bit of Researching. research, I was like, oh, yeah, this I movie was right I, I could see it's it. It's weird to call him XO, but I don't know. Maybe, it, maybe it's not. But we have to remember these moments for later on. Yeah. The three things. Captain insinuated that Ryback has a lot of decorations. Right. Uh, he wanted to personally introduce him to the president. Right. And there's more to him than meets the eye. More than that's, meets the eye. That's eyes. happening in like 30 seconds here, all right in front of Krill. Robots in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> so we see the Missouri pulling into Pearl Harbor. A fucking amazing production value. Yeah, with all the like crew just shooting on deck. The real, the real shit, it like looks like this movie cost a fortune. Yeah, it's um, beautiful. But I think they were just picking that stuff off. But yeah, that was the real USS Missouri. Then the stuff on board the ship, I think, was filmed on the USS Alabama, okay. which is like docked in Mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but another, I've seen uh, that boat. Another similar class of battleship, right. which just, you can't fake that like a real battleship. 
we hear a newscast saying that it's the 50th anniversary of the Pearl Harbor attack. You get a little history lesson about the USS Missouri. Yeah, Japanese surrendered on that ship's deck. That's fucking amazing, dude. After the U.S. bombed Hiroshima, the Missouri also fired the first shots of the Gulf War. Imagine that ship had a hell of a lifespan, dude. Yeah. From World War Built II to, to, the, to the Persian Gulf. Amazing to yeah, me. it's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, President Bush is there. He's and coming. Barbara. And Barbara Babs. <laughs> who, who could not help but sort of look at the camera while she's walking in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like they just must have had the film crew there to film some yeah. B-roll at this yeah. real ceremony. Because I think this was the real decommissioning yeah. of the Missouri. Agreed. But so, yeah, they're at Pearl Harbor. They're going to decommission the ship. Down in the galley, Ryback and others, they're watching uh, on TV. He's got... Uh, Raymond Cruz there is Ramirez. Mm-hmm. It's Tuco. From, we'll just call him Tuco. They call him Tuco. Yeah. They're busy cooking the food. Ryback makes a joke that makes no sense. But it, the it, guys it, love it. it. Te- yeah, it's like he makes a joke about some Creole or something. Yeah, like do you hear the time the- Andre and Boudreaux went hunting down on the bayou? Where's the guns? That was the joke. There's there's something missing. Is there's there, a part I, of the Was joke. that the whole thing? <laughs> there's a part of the joke missing. These guys... Are lapping it up That's like a, a fucking sh- like a bowl of Ryback's bouillabaisse. <laughs> we see the President Bush and the First Lady there arriving. The newscast says the next day the ship's going to set sail for San Francisco, where it will have all of its weapons removed. Mm-hmm. Even that stuff they're mentioning about, like the President Bush has ordered that there's to be no more nuclear weapons on surface ships, is like. Completely accurate. That was yeah. what was happening Very in 1991. I was like, oh, damn, this is when you sort of ground a movie. That's um, a, a move of good faith. Yeah. And, I think they're like, like, we'll the keep it on subs. Collapsing it's again. all on subs from now on. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you don't We're not know getting where rid of it. We're just, it's harder to, to find seize them. and take yeah. control of a sub. You don't know sub, where our missiles are. But I do think that sort of grounding the movie in such a real world setting, it plays better. Like, yeah, it helps. It, it well, lets the Bush on camera yeah. reading it makes his it, speech and it, it helps you i think get away with more outrageous shit later because yeah. you've sort of given us a real world setup now bush is making the speech while in the background every deck of the ship is populated with these sailors and their dress whites uh also right back though sitting right there to the left of bush was fucking dick cheney Woo! evil motherfucker man he's like you know we never got Iraq. So he was already planning. He, the he next, was like, he was uh, like so, you know, we need to go back. We got to go back, sir. <laughs> yeah. So Ryback seems put off by this whole charade. Well, he's expertly chopping the carrots up. <laughs> so at dawn of the next day, I guess the captain's given the command that we're going to set sail. Ship mm-hmm. chugs on out through the I open love, ocean. I love B roll of the ship. Yeah, man. It looks great, dude. The, an officer informs the captain it's going to be smooth sailing all the way to port. That dude's got the largest binoculars in history. The captain's? No, the, or the other officer. Dude. The other. They're enormous. <laughs> well, you got to see. He can see all the way to San Francisco. You recognize that dude? No. That's Bernie Casey. He was the teacher in Bill and Ted and also was the head of the black fraternity, the Delta, Delta, Delta. or No, Trilam. Trilam. Is that what it was? What? In what? Revenge of the Nerds? Oh, I never saw it. You never saw it. It's, yeah, it's Trilams. <clears throat> okay. In Revenge of the Nerds. No, the, never the, did see it. It was like the all black fraternity that the the nerds ended up joining, and he okay. was he was like the head of the fraternity that That's came badass. to their that came to their party. I love it, man. Yeah. But yeah, dude tells us it's gonna be smooth sailing all the way to the port. So it's gonna be a boring movie. I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the credits roll. Now down below we got Ensign Taylor. 
He's instructing a sailor that there's going to be an unscheduled helicopter landing on the deck later that day. Mm-hmm. That sailor's like bucking at this, saying the captain's got to okay all landings. But Taylor says, well, this is the captain's surprise party. Doesn't matter. There's Then I bet you a million dollars that that would not be allowed. You think? Yeah, you can't just abandon protocols. No. We're going to bring in a... Yeah, there's no fucking way on yeah. a nuclear ship. No. No. That's not happening. So well, the, it's a surprise party. The sailor, okay. he wants to know what's on the helicopter that's so important. And Taylor Terror. just produces a Playboy magazine. I don't know where it came from, a pocket or something. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's got an issue of Playboy out. He's saying that that's Miss July in 1989. <laughs> Jordan Tate, she's going to pop out of the cake. The sailor's looking. He's like, oh, we'll be ready for her. He's <laughs> fucking suddenly horny. Yeah. <laughs> the guy oh, instantly. shit. I'm into this this white lady with no ass. So Taylor's like, you go ahead and keep that <laughs> and leaves him with the magazine. Did you recognize the Playboy cover? The I, didn't, co- I didn't look at the, I didn't look close enough. It was the same issue that Buzz McAllister had in uh, Home Alone. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, like, probably because it was like a sort of a G rated cover. Essentially. Mm-hmm. Also interesting is that the real life that it will, first of all, that magazine is the real July, 1989 issue. Okay. And Erica Alaniac, who we haven't seen yet in the movie, but she was the real Miss July 1989 Get in Playboy. The fuck out. There you go. So she's in that exact this movie issue is, of the is, magazine. This movie is rooted in, in reality. <laughs> yes. Also, can we take a moment to acknowledge the fact that a, a person used to have to go and buy a print magazine <laughs> if they wanted to see a naked woman? <laughs> That's amazing to yep. me. Used to cost money. <laughs> Blast from the past. <laughs> yeah, for but sure. Elsewhere on the ship, Krill is butting heads with another officer. It seems as though Krill is ordering that all the duties that are not like absolutely crucial be suspended during the party so yeah. the sailors can attend. Yeah, the officer's like, we don't have time to talk about the security of nuclear weapons. Right. He's saying, including, I want the Marines that are tasked with the security of the nuclear arsenal to be at this the party. This would send up all kinds of red flags. Agreed. Yeah. There's nothing suspicious about this at all, right? The officer's saying, like, look, we are already got a skeleton crew. And Krill's like, well, that's an order. And anyway, the, We just saw this same plan in the Andor series. Uh, yes. Yeah. Indeed. I only want a skeleton crew. Yes. Like, Let's strip it everyone all, else, all the way down. Everyone else can come down to the party. So <laughs> the officer's like, well, that's unsafe. And I'm going to put a note in the ship's log that I'm obeying under protest. Krill's like, fine. He walks away, leaves the officer there shaking his head. I would hope that when it comes to the security of nuclear weapons, Mm -hmm. there's certain protocols that will not be abandoned. No. No matter. Nobody can order that I don't do this. it's a surprise party. I don't care. Nobody with the president can order me to not follow these rules. 100%. So down in the galley, Ryback is telling a sailor known as Q-Ball to show him some moves. And Q-Ball starts a little brief dance-off with Ryback. To uh, the beat of I've Got the Power by Snap. Mm, good good jam. German dance music group, which <laughs> I didn't know. But that was what a song of its time. Yeah. It was sure. like, you want to think about like jock jams. <laughs> so Ensign Taylor and another officer show up to break up the party. Taylor and Ryback are immediately like needling each other. I'd say to his credit, <clears throat> Taylor tries to like follow decorum by calling Ryback sir. No, he was, I think, prompting that Ryback should call him sir. Oh, I thought it was the other way around. Even though. Because Ryback was a chief and Taylor's but, an ensign. But the lowest commissioned officer technically outranks like the highest non-commissioned oh. officer. 
you leave leave all this in because I was all wrong. But no, but man, it, it, yeah, that's it's, interesting. Uh, it's from what I read, like the politics of the scene are are spot on. That no ensign would ever walk in, or no ensign who's in his right mind would ever like try to show up a chief. Because that's like a dude, you know, it's like, um, you remember in Platoon, the lieutenant yeah. shows up, but it's like Sergeant Elias and Sergeant uh, Barnes. Yeah. They're, those are the dudes who are have the respect of the men. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, we'll humor you, Lieutenant, by letting you think you're in charge. Mm-hmm. But that's gotcha. my understanding. That's the dynamic. Okay. Yeah. So my understanding was that Taylor was sort of digging it that Ryback for not calling him sir. Gotcha. But then Ryback's like, he's like, it's unnecessary. It's we're casual down here in the game. He's like, I'd watch it right back. Cause we still have a week together. And Ryback says, I guess that means I won't get to see you go through puberty. <laughs> this is a sick fucking that dude burn. Taylor was on, um, 24. Yeah. I recognize like him from a lot of stuff. He's yeah. been acting for a while, but all the men all are like sick burn dude. Yeah. In theory, this is supposed to be some fresh kid, like straight from the Naval Academy, which this dude Taylor didn't seem young. He might be a Robert Duvall type where he's, he's, he's probably tw- he's 25, but looks 60. Yeah. But so your chief petty officer, that's like a high ranking non-commissioned officer and ensign technically outranks them, but you'd have to be a fucking psychopath. I think right. to try to challenge a dude who's a 40 year old man, you know, who's right. like the highest, uh, high as you can rise being a non-commissioned. Right. There's a animosity between yeah, a sure. low ranking. Absolutely. Academy man. Blue color and, and white color. And a high ranking, uh, enlisted men. Gotcha. But Taylor says, I got orders from Krill that it, the captain's birthday dinner is being flown in from Hawaii. So the galley is to be cleared and all the sailors are to report to the mess hall, uh, whenever the helicopter arrives for the party. Ryback says, I'm the only one who cooks for the captain on this ship. And if you don't like it, you know, you take it up with the captain. Mm-hmm. I, maybe he's just being territorial, but I feel like having a night off would be welcome. Yeah, be like, sweet. Let's party. Let's p- fucking party, bros. Well, maybe he, he cherishes the captain's birthday above all other days. <laughs> he does have love for the captain. because the clear. captain And they have a, a special relationship. Like Britain and... and- the u.s yes i'm damn sure the rest of the cooks would like to have a yeah, night off be like, oh, from yeah. cooking for like hundreds of men um i wonder 50 if these gallons of bouillabaisse a dude i wonder if dudes get days off while they're at sea sure they do do you well, get, get like birth, this is my I day think. off yeah it's like well i mean like do you work a five-day week or are you working every day when you're deployed like while you're at sea? Yeah, when I you're at you, sea, is it I like, are I working a 40-hour week? That's a good question. I'm sure that they must have days off. They must have rotations and stuff. Yeah. They have to. Ryan, who assembled the last of the Action Heroes podcast network, mm-hmm. is in the, he's a sailor in the Canadian Navy. Huh. So, Ryan, if you're listening, let us know. Well, I also, <laughs> I'm uh, curious. My first boss in the advertising world was a, Navy a, man? a former crypt, cryptographer. Cryptographer? Cryptologist? So. Is that I, like decoding yeah. messages and stuff like that in the Navy. so i should ask him it, yeah. which is crazy because he's fucking six five can you imagine being six five on a boat like in this a sub or whatever you're yeah. like cramped yeah no so, doubt um cryptologist i need to ask him like what yeah. the what the deal was with like rotations for duties and stuff let's do it so taylor says it's a surprise party no one's going to talk to the captain about it i feel yeah i feel like none of this would be like allowed to happen in real life I give kudos to that actor. I feel like he was slaying a, an authentic Southern accent. That's the way that dude talks. Do you think that's the real voice? In everything I've ever seen him in, that's how he talks. 
That's just him talking. So Ryback is like, the captain doesn't like surprises, and neither do I. And he says, well, then I guess we'll just see what we'll see, won't we? Which I fucking, that was a great delivery. The tone, everything about it was like authentic well, Southern I guess we'll guy. we'll just see what we see. Well, I guess we'll just see what we'll see, won't we? So he walks off. Ryback like nodding smugly at him. All the sailors are like, ooh. <laughs> the tailor leaves the galley. Ryback's mocking him. Well, I guess we'll just see what we'll see. That's, Huge that, laughs. That's where I feel like Seagal is not 100% terrible. He's maybe, you were, he's maybe you were 90, that made you chuckle. This, this whole thing where he's doing the, the Taylor voice was funny to me. So then Raymond Cruz, Tuco, tells Ryback, the Krill's going to skin you alive. And Ryback just kind of shrugs it off. Ryback is continuing, though, now with the faux Southern accent. I guess trying to, like, to me, it's like, this is Seagal trying to fake having a personality. Right. I've seen people act like this before. uh, uh, What is it about that that just gives me a fear deep in my heart? Yeah. I'm like, dude, where are you supposed to, what is your deal, Ryback? Where'd you come from? You're an enigma. (laughs) Just like fucking Seagal. But now Ryback picks up a knife and chucks it into this like cutting board, I guess they have set up across the galley as a, like a, a bullseye or whatever. Chefs, chefs do that. Do they? <laughs> no, no. It's in a, that's, that's from a long kiss. Good night. Oh yes. Yeah. Chef, 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 chefs do that. Totally dude. Yeah. Same, same gag. Absolutely. So we see he's got knife skills. Not sure why there's the throwing knife just lying around on the counter, but anyway, just in case, just in case you need it. So meanwhile, Krill, he's been summoned to the captain's quarters. Captain has become aware that Krill is trying to sneak a helicopter landing past him. Wants to know what all the insubordination yeah, all is this, about. What's all this highly illegal activity? Yes. Like, like, why not send him immediately to the brig? Like, so Krill says the Admiral, which is the captain's boss, uh-huh. has wanted to thank him for how well the ceremony went. And they're flying in a birthday surprise. The captain seems pleased to hear that the admiral was happy and oh, wants a party. If there are titties, then bring uh, on the titties. The admiral wants a party. I guess we're having a party. Uh, <laughs> okay. The captain orders that all off-duty personnel should attend, but security patrols and everything mm-hmm. else remain by the book. That flies Trude. in the face of what Krill's been ordering right. elsewhere. The Krill suggests that since the admiral was hoping you know, to surprise him, maybe you should stay in your quarters here until we come to get you. And the captain goes along with it. I'll be engrossed in a novel. <laughs> we'll leave the laugh. Now you've got a friend in the diamond business. <laughs> I'll be engrossed in a novel. <laughs> I wonder what he's reading. <laughs> Some Tom Clancy shit. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. <laughs> so cut to a Chinook helicopter flying in on board. We got a motley crew of like cooks, caterers. Cole Meany. Cole Meany's there. Miss July is there. Erica Alaniac. Uh, several dudes dressed like rockers led by Stranix, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee looks like Keith Richards. Business is starting to pick up. I know you were excited when you saw Cole Meany. I was super uh, excited. Yeah. Down in the galley of the ship, Ryback is stirring that bouillon base while the pies are being slid into the oven. Mm. An angry Krill and Taylor and a couple of Marines show up. Krill says, you know, you men are under orders to be at the mess deck for the party. And like I like that it's like you've got orders to go up there and party, man. <laughs> like the guys Get are up some, there and party, motherfucker. I, I command you to party. <laughs> but I don't. That's why I that don't. Sounds get like why the I, beginning of a rap video. Too. I, I command you to party. <laughs> or Beastie Boys. Yeah, shit. exactly. Sounds like um, a Beastie Boys song. So Ryback approaches him ominously, and Krill orders him to you stand, stand fast. You stand fast. Krill orders everybody but Ryback get to the mess deck. So the room empties out. 
Krill gives the bouillabaisse base a sniff and says it smells like a lard omelet. What the fuck? What is what? It's an odd insult. I feel like that came straight from the deranged mind of Gary Busey. <laughs> yeah. No no one directed that. No one wrote it down on no. paper. So now why was there a pile of ten different types of loaves of bread in the background? I mean the props department was going fucking nuts on this shit. We got 70 extra dollars. We got 10 <laughs> all different, the bread you can find. All the variety of bread you can well, find. Well, you know, that's for dipping in the bouillabaisse. Of course, but yeah. there was pita bread. There was like French. Mm. There was baguettes. There was a poppy seed. We don't, these men want for nothing, Kevin. Well, no, no, no expense was you spared. You would have a hundred loaves of the same shit, though. Uh, I, I feel uh, sure. Not for the captain's birthday. That's true. It is the captain's birthday. <laughs> you want pita, take, you get pita. <laughs> we didn't take You want rye, you account. get rye. <laughs> the krill tells rye back. I want that country loaf. French country <laughs> loaf. <laughs> krill tells rye back. I put up with a lot of shit from you because the captain likes you, but the captain can't save you this time. Save you from what? What's the wrath of Krill? He hawks a disgusting loogie into the booyah base and it says to give it a little flavor. It's so over the top, like a truck. (laughs) It was like a machine, like a machine, like a truck. It's like the face he was making, like the the lens that he went to hawk it up. He went way back to get it. I feel like. I feel like Busey loogies are probably 50% cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> like it's all coming out of the sinuses, right? That's amazing. Uh, Ryback is pissed and he steps towards Krill. Krill's R- like, you like that? Yeah, yeah. Ryback shoves Krill and Taylor's like, that's striking an officer. He says, that's not striking an officer. That's striking an officer and just fucking lays And drills Krill him out. in the face. Krill goes down with a massive cut on his cheek. The Marines try to subdue Ryback, but it seems like Ryback's capable of taking on all four He's of like them. He's like pushing guys down and grabbing them by the thumb. By the wrist, like they just them. instantly yeah, like, crumple. Yeah. So Ryback, he quickly, though, diffuses the situation, signals like, hey, I don't want to fight. They handcuff him. Taylor orders Ryback be thrown in the brig. Ryback says, uh, you know, no one goes in the brig without the captain's signature or whatever. So they, they halt that. Krill says, you're right. Tells him to lock him in the meat locker instead. Okay. Krill drops a massively homophobic remark that will not make yeah. the podcast. I was like, damn. Like, God, I was, damn. I was not expecting that. It was that. a different time. It was an effective delivery of the line, but repulsive. But also, like, wrong, because Krill had a big-ass cut on his face. It does. He was bleeding he, he did. From, a, from a cut on his face from someone punching him. <laughs> so definitely not what Krill said it was. It was much more severe. Not, like, anyway... Than, than he was connoting. Right. So Krill orders young Private Nash to stand guard over the refrigerator that door. That dude was also in The Fugitive. He was. Yeah. He was a uh, Newman. Yeah. <laughs> he the gun fired right next to his ear. Yeah. So he's uh, telling him, you know, Ryback is an extreme psychopath. He's not. He's he not hates one, officers. He hates America. <laughs> he's not one of those moderate psychopaths you hear about. He's, he's an extreme, extreme psychopath. Isn't it funny? Like, even back then, it's like, well, he's an, he's extreme. He's, he's an extreme psychopath. He hates officers. He hates America. Sounds plausible. Yeah. This is the captain's birthday. I do not want him ruining it. No one is going to speak to him. No, all right, no one is to speak to him. No one is to let him out. If he tries to escape, you shoot him right here and taps him right in the forehead. Like hard on the forehead. Which... I know that fucking got your dander. It did. Up. I was like, ooh. <laughs> as soon as he did, I was like, I would, I would have been like court martialed immediately. I was like, don't you touch me? Yeah, he tells him, I'm counting on you, sailor, or whatever. 
Curl snaps his fingers, orders the rest of the men to follow him. They leave Nash there alone. Nash looks rattled. Yeah, I can't help but think about him in The Fugitive. Yeah. He was the one um, where uh, Tommy Lee Jones is like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm thinking. He's like, well, why don't you go think me up a cup of coffee yeah. and a chocolate donut with some of the little sprinkles on it as long as you're thinking. <laughs> I love that yeah. shit. Now, back on the chopper, Stranix is just riffing, I feel like, to Jordan Tate, Miss July, about how great he thinks it is that we're being allowed to entertain the sailors. I feel he like loves he's, the country. He's fucking amped up living that rock and roll life. <laughs> Jordan, who seems disinterested, says she just hopes she doesn't throw up rock music fucking blasts on the helicopters that comes in for landing. It seems out of place, that music. You'll be pleased to know that the song is called Whiskey Fever, but the band is called The Regulators. It sounds like like knockoff Aerosmith or yeah. something to me. Now, it sets down with a jolt. Stranix is like loving it. The sailors are, have all come topside to watch the arrival. Of Miss like July. <laughs> word has spread around the ship really quick. Titties. <laughs> Titties. Uh, yeah, there's lots of hooting and hollering as Jordan steps off the chopper. Krill is there to greet them, and he escorts her and the others aboard. Somehow, there's a live video feed of the arrival being shown on TVs throughout the ship, including in the laundry, that, where the very horny, where the very horny Ken, Ken from Street Fighter, Ken from Street Fighter <laughs> he is stroking the TV like screen physically with his hand. And it was just an extreme close-up. My of her future breasts. wife, Sammy Lee, she's landed, and then Sammy Lee says, "The bunny." landing how is this happening where was the cameraman no one knows there's a like a tv studio on the ship i don't know it's cctv know. yeah i think so but so the sailors they're all off running out of the laundry <laughs> to try to catch a glimpse of her in person uh down in the galley ryback is yelling through the door to nash that it sure is strange that you that krill locked me in this refrigerator instead of putting me in the brig. It is very suspicious. He's like, I'm not listening to you. Uh, krill is escorting Jordan past these dozens of leering sailors on the mess deck, asking yeah. how she's feeling. Every dude was like looking at her like she was a piece of meat. Yep. Though that was funny, the one dude in the background who was like up on a table or something and yeah. fell down off the table. Whoa! <laughs> I feel like it should have been a Wilhelm scream <laughs> there. <laughs> she says she feels queasy. Yeah. Stranix, he comes in fucking amped up, chugging along like a little locomotive with tooting on a harmonica. Insane. <laughs> He's, this is a different Tommy Lee Jones than I'm used to seeing. Yeah. Like he's not surly and grumpy Tommy Lee Jones, like you know? Two-Face. Yes. Yes, Two-Face. Anyway, Krill asks uh, if he needs help. It's he so says, funny. He's like, Krill's like, are you lost? And Strange's like, no, 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 no. Where do you want us? Over here. And then Krill's like, is the band set up? And then Strange's like, yeah, the band's set up. What? <laughs> he's like, wait a minute. Which is it? <laughs> music, music is my life. Music is my life, sir. Krill gives Jordan some pills. that's supposed to help her with the motion sickness. Directs her back to where she should go and change clothes and get into the big cake, I guess. In the background, we can see that he the, already directed her to go change clothes at one point. Now she's reappeared. Now he's like, now go, go over, over here over and there. change clothes. It's like, okay. In the background, they're like assembling the big cake, which makes me wonder: is that like a, a trope that's that people are aware of still? Is that still a thing popping out of the cake? That I don't know. That's a good question. It seems so like fifties and sixties, mm -hmm. like Mad Men era thing. I don't know that it happens at all anymore. Yeah, you just hire a stripper. Now Krill says. He's going to go and get into his own party dress and he leaves Jordan. 
Stranick seems to offend her by telling her, you know, don't worry, you could do this with your eyes shut. Like, okay. Uh huh. She seems generally unhappy to be doing this kind of work. Yeah, she, yeah. Which seems understandable, actually. Now, back in the galley, Ryback is telling Nash, you're going to wind up in the brig for following Krill's orders. And then I do like, he's like, go get my pies out of the oven. Yeah, so some of the stuff that he says is is funny, but it's like. But it's because it's good writing. Yeah. And it's a, it's a decent delivery. Yeah. I'll give, that De- was one of the. decent. Decent is the best. At his best, he's decent. That was one of the stronger line readings from Seagal in the yeah. movie. There. Agreed. Now, Jordan Tate, who appears to be a, like in a fucking janitor's closet, <laughs> is looking at herself in the mirror, tells herself she must have been crazy to take this job, which. We haven't gotten to this part yet, but some shit's about to happen on this right. boat. Not to spoil anything, but the whole everything's a ruse. So it makes me wonder why would they have hired a real stripper? Yeah. Like what is she doing here? They couldn't have like recruited a bad stripper, or an evil stripper. An evil stripper. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Elizabeth Hurley from Passenger yes. 57. Yes. But I guess it's just she to wasn't available. sell it. Yeah. I don't know. But so she shakes Way too many pills out of the bottle. And she's like, I'm feeling very sick. Very yeah. sick. <laughs> now, in the mess hall, Stranix and the band are getting warmed up with some blues rock. The caterers are setting up the meal. Everyone's in a great mood. Yeah. What could go wrong? Yeah. As this episode winds down, we see that the caterers and other service staff setting up the meal also are all wearing earpieces. <laughs> normal. Yeah. Normal. Totally shit. normal. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. You might have to. We need immediately. Right. We need you to get back up here and get some more hors d'oeuvres. More, we need more canapé immediately. More pigs and blankets immediately. <laughs> okay. Stat. Uh, that's part one. I feel like what? we really rambled, but uh, we appreciate you sticking with us. We know you us. enjoyed it. This movie is, I like this movie. Yeah, I'm, I have I, strong nostalgia for it, and yeah. it holds up. I enjoyed it while watching it. I, I will say that. <laughs> on, the, on, my, on my first go through, I was, not, I was never like, uh, I hate myself. For no, Washington. never, never, <laughs> no. no I, I'm liking it so That's far. That's what we like to hear. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for listening. Yeah, you guys. Uh, check us out next week. We'll be back. 